What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is your boy Rufus. We are back at it again with another installment of the Rufus Rundown podcast. We're back home for a little change up. So we got the old backdrop back there. Got the good old hunting. Got the Michael Jordan last shot. I, I love. I always love this backdrop. I always love uh, love what I set up in my little office setup. So big fan of it. Um, glad to be back home for a little bit for a brief one. Um, there's going to be another show coming this week. It's going to be kind of delayed, kind of all over the place with my scheduling. But um, this is strictly now that I've had a week to sit on the Super Bowl. I know it's not recent news, but it is going to be my Super Bowl recap in terms of like an entire approach to the game. And then I will be getting into the rest of the recent headlines. I'll be an All-Star weekend, although watching that All-Star game would have been a complete waste of your time. I don't know who, why anybody would have done it. I didn't personally watch it. Why you would, I don't know. Heard nothing but bad reviews, so thank God I didn't waste my time doing that. Well, like I said, we're going to talk Super Bowl. We're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes and his legacy. We're going to talk about the Travis Kelsey incident and Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, and others as well. So be sure, if you like this video, to like and subscribe on YouTube. And if you're listening wherever you watch your podcast, please be sure to Follow there as well. Subscribe whatever service you end up being on. Hopefully everybody can hear me well enough. I have a different mic set up. I should be good. I think I'm just touching the yellow here. So I guess in terms of the rules set forward by me, um, in terms of the world of video and podcast production, I should be good to rock and roll. I just give myself something much here. So that was it before. Can I think of anything else to say before? No, I think that's it. If you, if you guys can like and follow on social media as well, it would be much appreciated. Without further ado, let's get into what I thought about the Super Bowl between the 49ers and Chiefs. Now, I thought this is one of the better Super Bowls that I had ever seen, personally. Um, I was a I was a big fan. I was a big fan of how this game turned out. Um, I was genuinely genuinely entertained um, the entire time. It just it just screamed out that you know Kansas City was gonna find find a way in it. You know, obviously trailing early. It was a scoreless first quarter, which I I, didn't, I had the under in this one, and I think the under hit too. Realistically, forty forty seven. Yeah, the under. I don't know if the under hit without me messing around with it though. I don't. I think that probably hit either way. But regardless, good game when it was all said and done. Um, I thought there was uh, good execution uh, on both sides for the most part. You know, special teams, uh, well, whatever was it executed by the other team. One team was executed by the other, clearly. But I thought in terms of execution and certain levels of that, in terms of, like, big-time players making big-time plays, I thought that that was 100% going on I didn't see either team really faltering at least uh the 49ers that'd be more of a uh, Shanahan related thing but overall you know I expected Patrick Mahomes to come in and find a way to win this one and that's exactly what happened bet the house and the Chiefs it was the most bet Super Bowl ever I I think yeah it was most bet Super Bowl ever and it was also the most watched TV event ever yeah, it was 123.7 million viewers, and I think that it was well-warranted and well-earned considering the matchup when it's all said and done. I thought that it was absolutely worth that, worth the hype. 
And I'm happy that I was able to sit down and watch it. I'm like, like pulling away from it. Like I'm not. I'm really not upset uh, with the time I took to go watch it. So I was, I'm happy. I'm happy with the result of the game overall. I'm sure people betting it and whatnot. I just this is it's a dynasty, right? It's a dynasty now. Patrick Mahomes has won three Super Bowls in his career. Every year that he's been a starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, they have gone to an AFC Championship game. Uh, Burrow's got him once. Brady's got him twice. Once the Super Bowl, once in an AFC Championship game. But overall, it's clear that he is a force to be reckoned with, right? So Travis Kelsey played his part in the big game as well, which, again, with his event, we'll be getting into more of that as well well as as time will will come down to it when we have to talk about it but i mean he did have not 10 targets nine catches 93 yards spread the wealth to a couple of different receivers i mean it kind of i mean i comp it to some of the brady super bowls in the sense where the chiefs they didn't have you know true weapons they had a good defense they had a really really good defense that played well and really played well down the stretch too that that that's all th- like to something to talk about as well too is that they they played well um, when it mattered most, they found a way to not drop passes, and they found defensively they found a way to play really well down the stretch into the playoffs. And that's the biggest thing is being able to get up for those moments. So they had their issues throughout the season. Don't get me wrong, but they were able to figure it out on the biggest stage in the playoffs. And then in terms of the 49ers, it was I just you never felt like they were going to run away with it. Early, it seemed like they were they were really trying to. It just never felt like they were going to. And then the Chiefs, you know, out out of half, really, really doing damage. I mean, San Fran trying to, obviously, eventually fighting back enough to where Kansas City tied it, but I I just couldn't, um, I just couldn't see it any other way. I mean, how, how it unfolded, you give Patrick Mahomes four downs in overtime the whole way, and there's a crazy stat that I'll be pulling up when we talk about Patrick Mahomes and his legacy, and is it fair to call him the go? And I, I, I don't think it is, but we'll be getting to that soon enough. Like I said, there's there's a lot of crazy stats when it comes to Pat Mahomes and this Chiefs dynasty overall, and a lot of events worth talking about. I mean, they didn't have the Chiefs didn't have a 1,000 yard receiver. They didn't have a 1,000 yard rusher this year, and they led the NFL in drops, and they you know won the Super Bowl. It's crazy to say, and the the number one reason as to why you have an event like that happening is the guy quarterbacking this team. It is Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, what can be said about, he's arguably, by the end of his career, will be probably the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen. He has some Super Bowls to go before we consider it, though. I mean, he's still so young, and he still has so much more to prove. But it's it you can't you can't watch this guy, you can't watch this guy play, and tell me that he is not well on that path. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. In my opinion, it's just a matter of when he does it. And again, longevity is going to come into it. His health, because he does like to run around. He does have the mobility. Can he stay healthy? Because it is abundantly clear to me that he is on his way to being the greatest, not just maybe quarterback, but maybe the greatest athlete we've ever seen in terms of his playmaking ability. And I don't feel like that is a stretch. He 
I think I think by the end of his career, at this rate, he will be on a Michael Jordan level of special to watch. And you watch that game and tell me otherwise. Watch how he plays the game and tell me otherwise. You can't. Throws for over 300, two touchdowns. He had the pick, sacked a couple times, ran for 66 yards. I mean, the play calling, too, from Andy Reid helps, too, because he's running, like, triple option out there. He's putting... San Francisco in a lot of conflict and a lot of big plays, but it, it's a it's just ridiculous what he's been able to do now. In his career, he is perfect in clutch situations. Now, this is a very specific. Again, this is where we get really deep into the stat muse and really specific events. So bear with me. Since two thousand and one, there have been one hundred and twenty five drives in the NFL postseason where it was at least. The fourth quarter, there was under a minute left to play, and the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer at the start. One score to go, a minute. We need we need to we need to get a score. We need to get points. These are your standard clutch moments of of a football game. The do or die drives. The winner lose critical games. Out of those 125 drives, only 40 percent of them saw the team on offense pull off the magic trick and get the points that they needed. Some quarterbacks have been pretty good at it. Tom Brady, for example, 5 for 11, 46%. Drew Brees, sign that helmet back there. 3 for 6, 50%. Only Patrick Mahomes in this period of time is 7 for 7. He's perfect in those situations. So once again, NFL postseason, at least the fourth quarter, under a minute left to play, and the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer at the start. He's perfect. He's perfect. He's perfect. He's never failed in the situation. It's it's wild. It's quite ridiculous, actually. And it adds to what is an incredible legacy. And if, if we're going in terms of, like, who's one, who's two, and he hasn't overtaken Montana in ranks, I don't care. I'm putting Mahomes at two. The only quarterback that I have personally seen. Again, I didn't watch Montana play, so there's that. So for me, the and he's still a top five quarterback. Montana won four Super Bowls. He's quite he's quite good, all things considered. What he did, I've never watched him play live, so maybe I'm biased there, and I'll totally you know hear you out if that's like your point to make to me as to why I am wrong, and I will hear it. The only person I've seen better. And Patrick Mahomes is Tom Brady, and that reign will come to an end someday. Maybe that's a hot take, but I I see by the end of Patrick Mahomes' career, will be seen as the greatest of all time, and will be in a Michael Jordan conversation. I don't think we put Tom Brady in there enough because he just won, but there was kind of a special aspect to Michael Jordan. Mahomes, by the end of his career, will be put into that conversation. I guarantee it. He will be a Michael Jordan level conversation when it comes time to have that conversation. So perfect in those in those dire situations. I mean now they're looking for, I wouldn't think of a three peat, but then you have this guy at quarterback, there's always the chance. And he said it would be legendary. No one's ever done it. And he said he, we knew it was legendary to win back-to-back. 
And he said, I think eight other teams have done it. We had heard it all week. We had talked to the guys who had gone back-to-back about it. We felt like we had the best opportunity that we we had ever had to go out there and do that. We've got to continue to play our best football. We'll celebrate these next few weeks, and then we'll get right back at it. Which, also, by the way, tragic incident that did take place at that Chiefs parade, which I don't really want to talk about just because of the sadness of it and just how unfortunate it is and you know, people want to go to a celebration, they want to celebrate, and that's the situation that they have to uh, deal with. There's a lot of news that came out of that. It just, I, I don't feel like personally addressing it. I just, I don't, again, there's stories of heroism in there that deserve their praise, and there's plenty of news stations that'll talk about it, just not here. I just can't focus on something that, that was that negative. So that being said, We'll get back to the greatness. Just the escapability, just the electricity that he provides. Leadership as well, too. I think that they're... I think that Travis Kelsey's been on his podcast saying that like he's very good in terms of preparation. And Again, he might not be the, the super jacked athlete. You know, everybody going with the dad bod thing. And obviously Brady was never... He was always in shape. It's never like super jacked. And obviously you look at him from his days of when he was at the Combine... It doesn't come down to a super cut muscular superhero, but he's the guy's just a playmaker, right? So, I mean, you can't you can't watch this guy and think that he's not special, and it's a matter of how special you really think he is. If you you disagree, you're just wrong. You're watching the wrong. You're not watching the right football games. You have genuinely no clue. <laughs> do not do not come and talk to me about him not arguably being already one of the greatest of all time. You, you can't. There's no support to it. You just go watch him. He is one of the best that I've ever seen, and I think by the end of it, will be the best. Super Bowl, three-time Super Bowl MVP now. To, I mean, he had the highest cap hit of any player in the NFL this year, and they still won it. So just think as that number goes down, and he's already been willing to change his contract, move his contract around to better you know, benefit the team and winning. So that was always a question, too. Like, you get that payday. Like, you're going to be willing to take the pay cuts when they come around and for winning. And it's clear that he has an interest in that. So, future's only going to get brighter. For Patrick Mahomes, um, I don't think anybody saw this level of dominance coming from him. Do they win three in a row? I don't know, but it's at the point now where when it was death taxes and the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, it's becoming death taxes and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And I'll tell you this right now, too. I will not be betting against them until, like, this, I'm just, it, it's at that point now. You just can't. You, you couldn't bet against the Patriots. If you were wrong, you were wrong. More often than not, you were going to be right. And because of this guy right here, oh, wrong, there we go. This guy right here, you you can't. You you can't bet against them. Special. Him and Andy Reid, let's see how long they continue rocking for because there was always a talks of, you know, Kelsey retiring and whatnot, but he wants to come back for the three-peat, so we'll see. I mean, who, who could really, in the AFC, compete with them? I mean, Josh Allen, every time he gets there, just never he's never able to get over the hump against Patrick Mahomes, at least in the playoffs. Burrow's proven it, but they, the Bengals organization just cannot find a way to get an offensive line together to protect him. Who, who, who's, like, Lamar Jackson clearly 
in big moments. Not a big game player. Not a clutch guy. Anytime he gets to a big moment, Lamar Jackson's faltering. Brock Purdy, and we'll get to that later on in the episode. Like, There's not a game that I will go into now with Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs where I expect anybody to out play him so if even if they get close like I can't hold like certain decisions made by a quarterback against them just because of the fact pure factor of like I'm not expecting anything else but pure dominance from this guy there's not there's no one's been able to really just Tom Brady who is hands down the goat right now right now presently it is subject to change and it will you can't compete with him it's going to take injury to change yourself. And I don't mean that as in, like, you go out and injure him. I'm just saying that that's really the only thing that can alter what should be another 10-plus years of dominance from Patrick Mahomes. And will he get five more in that time? I think there's a decent chance. I think there's a decent chance. Again, this is, this is, this is like, a hot take level of why I, what I think and what he's going to have to prove. Will he get three or four more? I I think he's I I think he's damn near guaranteed to get three more. Would six put him in, you know, the conversation with one less than Brady? I don't think so. It would probably still end up being Brady at the end of the day. But you you just can't knock how special he is, and I think people don't want to see it. People hate it. People hate him. People hate Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. They hate the Chiefs more specifically. Like the New England area just hates it. They thought, and I thought too, that we would never see anything like New England again. The the 24-year run, or 20-plus year run, I should just say, overall, that they went on. I, I didn't think that anybody would ever see anything like that in the professional sports realm again. They were the greatest dynasty in professional sports. Six Super Bowls in 20 years, and just AFC Championship game after AFC Championship game. I never thought we would see anything like it. Again, it looks like we're just right on course to do it all over again with the Chiefs. Because, again, six AFC champion games since he became a starter for the Chiefs. So, like I said, we like I said, we are fast approaching death taxes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship game territory. But we got to talk about something else, too, that happened in this game. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes and how special he is. And here's another guy that's special. I mean... He's, you know, Travis Kelsey's a, a special talent. The Kelseys as a whole are special talent. Everything that I saw from the Kelseys there with the Swifts, Jason Kelsey, Kylie Kelsey, who refuses to wear anything but Beagle stuff, which I respect so much. But this is another guy. We thought he was approaching retirement, been through so many surgeries. Great podcast, him and Jason. It's. I think it's cool to see what was a good, true, pure moment of emotion with Taylor Swift. You know, every everybody makes a to-do about the situation with Taylor Swift. And I think even originally when I was on here, I had issue with it. And I would like to retract it. I would like to go back and say that you're, you're childish now if you can't allow it to be a thing like she was shown for less than a minute of the broadcast the game was over four hours and she was shown for less than a minute of it 
and then a couple embracing that is in pop culture upsets you. You know, like, she's shown for less than a minute throughout the broadcast, and everybody, like, you'd be crazy as a director and producer and anybody in advertising not to take advantage of it. Just nuts. And for less than a minute, you're not going to complain. People were out there tweeting, like, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl this year because Taylor Swift was going to be on screen. Good. There was plenty of people that took your place. They still the most watched event ever and probably has part to do with it. And it doesn't change the impact of the game at all. And you watch a halftime show, and I know some there's some cranky old people that don't like the halftime show either, which I thought the halftime show was great, really good. No Justin Bieber, though, so it doesn't get a 10 out of 10 for me. It's more like an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 out of 10 being very good. But it's sports and entertainment is the industry. Sports and entertainment. Sports and media, entertainment, it's all it's all together. I, I I can't get over how childish grown-ass adults are about having to deal with Taylor Swift on their screen. Again, it, maybe early on it was a lot, but they dialed it back, and I think that overall they've done a good job with it. And I thought it was a cool story, and it was really cool to see like genuine human interaction between the two because everything that they've done has been lived in the life, you know, and everybody else's lives and through a screen and social media and headlines about how it's a red flag that he yelled at Andy Reid and all the B Yes, yes, all of that is BS and all those fans are crazy. But it's it's two people living their lives regardless of like what they have going like for them, you know? It's two people succeeding and enjoying each other's company and enjoying a moment. We don't know what the relationship is. It's only what we've seen on social media. So who are we to say anything that looks like a genuine moment of love between the two? And what's just part of the entertainment factor of football? One of the biggest pop stars in the world. So I just, I can't. I can't. I can't deal with people hating on the entire Swift situation with them. Clearly, he's a game changer. But we got to talk about this incident. And he said it was unacceptable that he bumped into Andy Reid like he did. Um, Jason Kelsey in the podcast said, you crossed the line. I think we can both agree on that. And he, Travis Kelsey said, I did. I can't get f- that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. And he said, I got it. You know, he has a certain relationship with him. Now he's checked me a few times. I just wanted them to know that I wanted this thing and he can, he can put me in. I got him. You know, just came in the moment where we weren't playing very well. I wasn't playing well. We had to get some shit going and sometimes emotions get away from me and that's been the you know been the battle of my career he said he talked to Reed about it and they chuckled about it he said i couldn't be you know more proud of being his product on the field and i couldn't be more proud of you know what we've come as a team since i got here in 2013 i just love playing for the guy man unfortunately my passion comes out where it looks like it's negativity but i'm grateful he knows i want to win this thing and with him more than anything. And he said he wished he immediately could take it back. And he said, Coach Reed actually came right up to me and after that and didn't even have harsh words for me. I was ready to get an effing ass chewing. And for him to just 
telling me to effing be better and he just let me know hey man i love your passion i got cameras on me all over the place man you don't want things to come off and it just made me fired up to get an effing victory for him man because that's how much i love that dude so big red sorry if i caught you with a cheap shot baby <laughs> jason kelsey also said that um he needs to have his head in a swivel because andy reed might come back hot at travis kelsey um Oh, this is so. This is a thing here where everybody is up in arms about the bumping incident. So here's the video of it. Oh, by the way. So, for me, it doesn't. Obviously, it doesn't look good, right? Not a good look for Travis Kelsey with this bump here. But, but that being said, like he said, his relationship with Andy Reid is unique and. Everybody said, oh, if that was Bill Belichick, they would he would have benched the person. It, it depends on the coach. It depends on the relationship you have with that coach, what kind of coach they are. Clearly, Andy Reid, player's coach, and he said it made him feel young again, and he loved the guy's intensity. Listen, clearly, if you have a unique relationship, you'd have to be a certain type of player that's worth kind of sticking your neck out for too, right? And Travis Kelsey is clearly one of those players and clearly has that relationship with his coach. Like, who are we to judge the moment? If he does, if Andy Reid doesn't take an issue with it, I'm not going to take up an issue with it. Yeah, it's not a bad look, and it's certainly not a good look for, like, the youth. Like, by any means. But, what are you going to do? Really, I mean, they have... We don't understand what like the day to day of the NFL, and I think that's what a lot of NFL players came out and said about the information as well. Once it came around to it, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, said like most people don't have never competed at this stage, and they have nothing to compare it to. And Tom Brady said they don't understand the context. I've been hit, heated a lot. The coaches and players move on. So clearly. It's it's a different perspective from us, the fan, versus players and people that have played. Now, would I have ever done that to a coach? Probably not. You know, I, I don't I don't think that I ever been in a position to do that to a coach. But like, also, I don't. I've never competed at that level, and I've never been that good. So I I can't say if I had those abilities that I would or wouldn't have done it. I think it's crazy to criticize the guy, like overly criticize the guy. I've seen a lot of coaches out there, like some high school coaches, some youth coaches, so on and so on. Like I would have benched this person. I can't believe it. It's unacceptable. Yeah. If you're coaching youth soccer and an eight year old comes up and tries to bump you because they're not (laughs) like, yeah. But, like, that's the thing is the context that they don't understand the situation because they've never played at that high of a level. Yeah, if your high school student comes up to you and bumps you like that, yeah, you're going to bench him. Probably even college, too. But, like, it's a unique thing between men at a grown professional level that have known each other for a period of time. And clearly, Andy Reid didn't take offense. Even Joe Mazzula went a 98.5 and... Zolak and Bertrand tried to set him up for like a slam dunk. Like, oh, what would you think about that? And he goes, oh, that was cool. And they were like, what? And he was like, yeah, no, I thought it was like, a sign of respect if like a player is that on that good of a relationship and that good of terms with you. He goes, I love guys that are ready to compete like that. 
at that level make me feel young again makes me feel like you know we have a good relationship that 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 interaction that bump made makes would make a guy like joe missoula feel like they have a good relationship because they have the trust there and they're that close now tom brady defended travis kelsey so there's always little family issues there's always little family issues and of course i don't mind seeing it because I was a part of a lot of those things. I told this to Patriots fans during the game, and they looked, they told me I was crazy because the coordinators are different from a head coach. Coach to coach. Your respect for them is how it goes. Emotions are so high. You are definitely not centered and balanced. You're not in a meditative state at that point. You are fully determined to go out there and win. His emotions got the best of him, and I'm not going to crush a talented player and uh, a high emotional player. For a mistake that he made that clearly didn't affect his relationship with his coach at all. And didn't change the outcome of the game. If they had lost, would it maybe looked at differently? Maybe? I don't think so. I think it's a bad look no matter what way you slice it. But I'm not going to sit here and crush the guy for a moment of weakness in a high emotional state at the Super Bowl. Because I've never competed at that level at all. So I, I will not not go to those lengths to crush him. Everybody trying to make it seem like he's the bad guy, and then we get all the Taylor Swift stuff, and it just piles on. Like He's clearly a special player, one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. I don't think he's on Gronk's level. Yet to be the greatest of all time, Gronk's the greatest I've ever seen, like, hands down. But still one of the greatest football players step on the field in a Chiefs uniform as well. Big part of this dynasty is another thing. People just don't like winners. They don't like people who win anymore. In America, we hate winners. Apparently, we can't. We need everybody to have their turn and their participation trophy. And clearly, him being good is cutting into those participation trophies and everybody getting a chance to win because of how productive he is. But that's enough about the Chiefs. We're going to get into a little bit of the other side of the coin and that is the San Francisco 49ers and head coach Kyle Shanahan he's got some questions to answer um, we'll finish it off with what I thought about Brock per- Purdy in the game but blowing leads has certainly been especially in the big game right blowing leads in the big game certainly been a topic of discussion for Kyle Shanahan in his career as an offensive play caller and as a, a coach did it again. Did it again. It held multiple leads in this one. We've had a 10-point lead at one time. And um, obviously the Chiefs come back out on top. Did they hold a 10-point lead? No, they didn't hold a 10-point lead. They held a 7-point lead. No, they held a 10-point lead. They were up 10 nothing, obviously. So lead 10 nothing, 10-point lead blown. Obviously, you have the Atlanta Super Bowl and you have the last Super Bowl they played. But obviously, you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. But he had said that they had a plan for overtime. This is the one that like I really want to talk about because there are a lot of players that didn't know the overtime rules had changed, which good on the Chiefs for knowing because they're a big part as to why the rule changed. So it was good that they like set out to know the rule and you know shout out to Andy Reid on that. But they had... Kyle Shannon asked staff to review OT rules with players. So, of course, Steve Wilkes has since been let go by the 49ers, the defensive coordinator. So, they had laid out the plan with his staff before the playoffs began. This is alleged, you know. And instructed his assistant coaches to let the team know before the overtime period started, but did not feel the need to discuss the plan with his team before that point. 
We told everyone as we were waiting for the coin toss review, everyone to um, to make sure they before we go out, make sure that they were sure before they go out. He said we all, we asked position coaches to do that, but I didn't cover it in a meeting on the Super Bowl week. I don't think that it changed it changes anything. They did. Um, Multiple 49ers players said that whether or not they knew the specifics of the rule or did not ch- did not change the fact that they needed to score on offense or get a stop on defense to beat the Chiefs. It, 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 really, it really is true, right? I mean, like, you still had to make the plays regardless, like, whatever situation you're in. 49ers defense was clearly going to be out there and tired, so going on offense to give them a rest either way, you're going to need some serious energy to compete with Patrick Mahomes. But it was it was just he was not running the ball in the third quarter as well too. Like it took him a while to get back to running the football with Christian McCaffrey. George Kittle goes uninvolved. Debo Samuel dealing with injuries at times. Like he brought the trick play out with Jawan Jennings. But they lacked that killer instinct that and this is something I said in the pod too. I said whoever had the ball last was gonna end up being the winner and that field goal just wasn't enough. It, it just seems tight and tense in these big games. and the play. It just doesn't seem as more of an, an open canvas for Shanahan to paint. Of course, you're playing against somebody who's trying to beat you, who's competing in the Super Bowl as well. So I think that's worth noting. You know, you're still playing a highly competitive team. But like to have this roster that has been put together, and, and this is not on Purdy. I think it's more or less on Shanahan preparation. You know, I think preparation is a huge thing. It's a not... Have even put the OT rules into it at all. I don't. I don't think that that the OT rules like not being discussed specifically goes into it. I think it's the matter of like maybe it's just a preparation thing overall that they just weren't on the same level as the Chiefs. There's just, I don't know. There's something. It's like an energy there for me that isn't adding up, and I you just expect more from. His offenses in these teams, especially with leads, I, I I know how special I said Mahomes is, and that this this kind of goes on to again the legacy of like Tom Brady. It wasn't necessarily like just his own. It's how many legacies didn't exist because of Tom Brady, and how many legacies were that of because they beat Tom Brady. Like Eli Manning has zero claim to the NFL Hall of Fame if he doesn't beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. Like, two Super Bowls is impressive, but, like, it's because he beat Tom Brady and those Patriots teams that he does. So you begin to think about Shanahan's legacy, Purdy's legacy, a lot of these great San Francisco teams and how their legacy is now, like, could never make it over the hump, but also because they could never beat Patrick Mahomes. So, like, you see how, like, now, like, a greatness of a player is not just determined by how good they are individually and what they write for themselves. It's how it alters the course of history for other people. And Shanahan's history clearly being altered by the fact that he has to compete against Patrick Mahomes in these Super Bowls. And the leads that they had don't mean anything. And 10 points isn't that much. It's a two-score lead. But you think with their ability to run the football, you think with the the talent that they have, you have a 10-point lead, there's really inexcusable at any point. To let that go. So on top of the OT rule debacle, now Steve Wilkes being let go because their defense got you know exponentially worse in the playoffs, and more specifically, like there at the end, like I couldn't expect them to stop Patrick Mahomes, but the entire playoffs they were you know battling from back from behind, and then they finally have a lead and they blow it away. So 
it's it's tough for me. I I, I don't think you you fire the guy. I don't think Shanahan's someone you fire. He's getting you to Super Bowls. Like, what's it gonna take to get him over the top? And maybe this is a Bills situation where they just never do. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is in big games. And again, he's. I, I think it was that period of time where he just got caught throwing the ball. But they got the rhythm back. I thought they ran the ball well enough. Again, it was a really good Chiefs defense as well, too. I think that you have to certainly give them their flowers as well for how well they played defensively. But it's it's really, for me, it's just shocking how much like the same storyline can exist and nothing has changed. You know, nothing changes if nothing changes, or you know, doing the same. And it, under did hit by a half point. That's fantastic. Um, now that I'm looking at it, but doing the same thing over and over again, expecting this, the results to change is the definition of insanity. So again, they got outrushed, but it, it was with like you use McCaffrey in the passing game too. Again, they got outgained. I think th- third down's the big thing, you know. Third, uh, three of twelve on third, twenty-five percent on third down is not ideal. They had more time of possession too. It just clearly didn't have. And again, this I don't know if this falls now towards the conversation we have with Brock Purdy. And this is what I was talking about before. Like, there's nobody in like going into a game against Patrick Mahomes, more specifically in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, where I expect them to outplay him. And it's going to take a very special performance to do that. And between. Whether it fall on Purdy or Shanahan more, they were not good on third down. And they were just not... Some of them big, those big moments where they needed more, they didn't have it. Now, is that... You know, you still have to execute whatever the coach calls. Does that come down to play calling? Does that come down to the execution from the quarterback position? Clearly dealing with players that were injured at times. And then George Kittle, uh, disappearing act from him as well. Who does it fall upon more? And I still think it, I, I still lean Shanahan in this sense because Purdy's still so young, and I still think he I think he's I, I think his ceiling is he's close to his, he's getting closer to his ceiling. He's still pretty pretty damn good. You know he had an eighty nine quarterback rating, and I think that was the highest of any player had gone against this Chiefs defense this playoff. So that's worth noting. Two hundred fifty five yards and a touchdown. Also had a couple rushes for twelve yards as well. I mean. He didn't outplay Patrick Mahomes, but he put a lot of heat on him throughout the game. He put a lot of heat in that Chiefs defense. He made a lot of big throws. And when you have guys that, again, Debo Samuel had had eight targets. Only had, what did Debo Samuel had? Three catches for 33 yards. McCaffrey had eight for 80, which is pretty good. Juwan Jennings, obviously pretty good in that double pass. Yushtick had a couple. George Kittle, two catches for two, um, yeah, two catches for four yards. Chris Conley had a big grab. Brandon Ayuk, relatively quiet. I, and I don't know if that comes down to play call, if that comes down to the good defense from the Chiefs and their secondary. I wasn't... Here's my issue with Brock Purdy in this game, and is that I wasn't impressed by Brock Purdy. I wasn't disappointed by Brock Purdy, but I wasn't impressed. And it, it in that situation, that's just not good enough to win a bowl, especially not against Patrick Mahomes. And there's been a lot of, I think there were a lot of times in the playoffs where I wasn't super upset with him, but I wasn't impressed either. But he also, like, during the end of games, like, he always found a way to come alive. Had that really good closing drive when it came to the game against the Packers, and that was a big deal to get them here. But it's it's difficult for me to, 
I don't think that we have a true accurate grasp, and this upcoming season will be the true accurate grasp on Brock Purdy coming off of elbow surgery, Mr. Irrelevant. And this is a story, again, this is a story I don't think, I don't want the, my bias of what I want the story to be in my, you know, liking of his story to not allow me to accurately judge. He, he makes some big throws. He's, he's, he's a true player. And I mean, I don't care how many talented players you have in this offense, you need the right guy at the quarterback position. And he took them all the way to the Super Bowl. So, and they went to an NFC championship game a year ago, if not for his injury, who knows where they would have been. But like, you still have this talented cast, like, there's two sides to it. You know, Mr. Irrelevant is the only good because what's around him. Like, he still made throws to other players. There were a lot of players that disappeared, and he still played pretty damn well. But then at the same time, like, when is it going to become, like, you have all this around you, you have to make it work. Like, when he comes around to get paid, are we going to see a change? I don't think so. I think he's still pretty good, but is he good enough? You know, I think I think right now he's probably like uh, he's probably a B quarterback, and you know, I don't know if you can win Super Bowl as a B quarterback. You can, but you need a lot to go right, and you need a lot to go right against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, considering he is the A plus of A plus quarterbacks right now in the NFL. And again, I don't want his story to the fact that he is Mr. Relevant. People don't like the Rocky story anymore. They don't like the underdog story. They find every way to tear this guy down, and maybe it's because they're frustrated because. He couldn't beat the dynasty that is now the Chiefs. Maybe that's why everybody's so frustrated with it, but I'm unsure. I'm unsure of the word to be out on Brock Purdy. I don't know if I'm totally sold on him anymore or if I'm... I still think he's pretty damn good. I don't know if I'm sold on him to be a Super Bowl quarterback, but we'll see. Only, only time will tell. I don't know if I'm sold on him to be a Super Bowl quarterback, but... Overall, still thought he played well. He got one down and got him a field goal. I think you need more than that, but I think Spagnuolo sent good pressure. I mean, you just think of how well of an organization, like run of an organization the Chiefs are as compared to what he had to deal with in only his second year, really his first full year as a starter in this league as the last draft pick. I think the future is very bright. I think he's a little closer to the ceiling than people would like to admit, but he's not done by any means. And again, it's just, Good play calling from the Chiefs, and 49ers didn't have an answer for it. That's what it comes down to. I put more of this on Shanahan, but also some of the guys that didn't show up, like the Kittles of the world, the Debo Samuels that dealt with injury. And Again, I think it was more, I think well, Purdy was still making big plays and big throws. I think play calling really did get into it a lot, but also give credit to the Chiefs' defense and Steve Spagnuolo. This is worth talking about, too, in this one. Give credit to Steve Spagnuolo. Give credit to the Chiefs' defense. Like I, that, That's another thing that I don't want to lose sight of is how well their defense played and how well both defenses played. They both put uh, pressure on the quarterback at times. They both were able to stop the run. Except for me, for the case of Patrick Mahomes, like he really did it himself, but that's like the uniqueness of that animal in that situation is how good that he can be in terms of his mobility and how he just knows when he, to perfectly use it. Like, he, it, like, Do I worry about him getting hit in his health? Absolutely. But like, he just picks the absolute perfect moment to break your back with his mobility outside of the pocket. But other than that, both defenses played well, and I thought it was, again, one of the most entertaining Super Bowls that I'd ever seen the OT period, the new rules in OT being busted out. Really good overall. Really happy to have tuned in for it. This will not be the last show this week. I will have another podcast coming. This is pretty much wrapping it up at this point. 
But that was my Super Bowl recap. We'll see what time I have this week to get back on another show. I think it might be Sunday. It's Monday. Will I have more time? I won't have time tonight. I might be able to get back and talk about Steph Curry's three-point contest and the All-Star game being a dud and other sorts of conversations at some point this week. Maybe, I definitely think this upcoming Sunday, Sunday seems to be the favorite, and next Monday we'll be shooting for a guest as well. But that is all the time that I have for on this one today. It's your boy Rufus. Oh, before I go, be sure to like and subscribe. If you did like the podcast in the video, also be sure to like and subscribe on social media. All those links are in the description below. Everything's pretty much either Lucas J. Ferreira. I think Instagram's official Lucas J. Ferreira. And then pretty much just search up my name, Lucas Ferreira. You're going to find it anywhere. Boy Rufus. No, at Rufus Rundown, everything. TikTok, I believe, is at the Rufus Rundown. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, Spider Man and Freezing full effect. Uh-huh. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, Dale? I'm ready, Slick. Are you? Oh, yeah. Take it down. Girl, I must.